Hello, everybody. I'm Lindsay Reed. I'm Jordan Reed, and this is Spooky Spouses, a podcast about ghosts and stuff. We usually talk about urban legends. My hair. Not your hair. Um, cryptozoology. My new goatee that I have. <laughs> you don't have a goatee at all. Huh? <laughs> Personal ghost stories. And skeletons. And also, oh, yeah, skeletons. Yeah, I'll give you that one. And also my new goatee. <laughs> <laughs> on your skeleton. Yeah, on my skeleton. Okay. <laughs> well, hey, if this is your first time listening, we don't talk about facial hair. Each week, Lindsay and I will research a topic separately in private. I'll go in the basement. Lindsay stays upstairs. And then we bring it in and discuss it for the first time with each other and you guys on our show. So, yeah, we listen for the first time with you. Yes. Isn't that nice? So last week, if you listened, um, we discussed a little bit more about Bigfoot because we were in the Pacific Northwest. And we also talked about really weird, scary criminals. Throwing alligators through drive through windows, nude men hanging out in your ceiling for God knows how long. And then destroying your things. And destroying your things, not taking anything. Not stealing. Just absolutely destroying your house, going bat poop crazy. Yes. And destroying all your stuff. Similar to maybe a bit what a Bigfoot would do if they got trapped in your house. So he might have been a Bigfoot. In training. Yeah. In training. A B-I-T. <laughs> like the Michael Jackson song. B-I-T. Yeah. That's a P-Y-T. Huh. I think, <laughs> well, we'll just say tomato, tomato. Okay. Hey, before we get into everything, we have an announcement. Our next episode, Lindsay and I will be recording inside of the extremely haunted, almost too haunted Madison Seminary in beautiful, rural Madison, Ohio, <laughs> where we grew up. Yeah, so it should be really exciting. We're excited to get in there. Also, our big, beautiful boss baby, Colin Parker, will be joining us. Yeah. So it should be a lot of fun. We'll also be doing a live video on Instagram. So we're at spooky underscore spouses if you want to join us for that. And we highly encourage that you do. We have a few hours there to record and then a few hours to do other stuff. I don't know. Play soccer ball. <laughs> play play soccer ball. Play hacky sack. And then do our little, yeah, walkthrough. Our live streamed walkthrough. And that will be... On Saturday, June 2nd, if you'd like to stay updated on when exactly we'll be doing these things, follow our Twitter. We'll be doing some announcing, I'm sure, on Instagram, but I think Twitter is probably your best bet. And if you're not there already, we're at Spooky underscore Spouses on Twitter as well. We're gearing up. If anyone has any haunted uh, the ghost hunting equipment to send us, please send it to us right <laughs> now. Guess our address. Because we have nothing. We have nothing. Uh, we have... What? And I downloaded an app. We have knowledge. We have knowledge, but the- Somewhat. Yeah. Research knowledge. Uh, words with friends. Maybe the ghost wants to play Scrabble with us. I don't know. Or a soccer ball. Or play soccer ball with <laughs> us. <laughs> Kick a soccer ball around. I don't even think we have a soccer ball. So We have a Frisbee. We do have a Frisbee, yeah. We'll take our Frisbee. Okay. Hey, yeah, and it's a good one, okay? It's not I heard number one way to lure ghosts out, bring a Frisbee. And just yell, ultimate, like you're going to do ultimate Frisbee. Oh, all ghosts love Frisbees. Yeah, well, they're very competitive and they love ultimate Frisbee. Similar to our last giveaway where we, you know, you had to 
get your team of three. Lindsay and I, Colin doesn't know this, but Colin is our human bait. Uh, and we'll be putting on <laughs> a jacket we made out of meat for him because we think that's what ghosts like. They just like raw meat. Raw meat. Yeah, it's ground beef and chicken. What else? A shirt, uh, a little a little sign on the back of his shirt that says, please possess me. Yeah. So thanks, thanks in advance, Colin, very much. Yeah, he'll love it. so this week we're doing something a little bit differently we're going to be doing or sharing our own personal ghost stories yeah so we're getting a little personal with you guys lens (laughs) not to be personal but we're getting personal lens moved her hands around in a way that was like i don't know about that i was being a dj oh because that's what i think looks cool is when you're a dj when you move your hands in little circles yeah. What's your DJ name? Um, we'll talk about it later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but instead of researching stuff, Linz and I just thought long and hard about some good personal stories that we have. And I believe we're both sharing one or two, I think. Yeah, I have a couple that kind of all bundle into one. Very cool. I'm very excited for this. Are you? I'm excited too. Hold on. Let me ask people listening. Are you guys? Great. Cool, cool, great. Okay. (laughs) Molly's not very excited. She's sleeping. Well, because she got in trouble because she was barking on our porch. Yeah. uh, That part has been edited out of the podcast. Uh, (laughs) In typical Molly fashion, within the first 30 seconds of recording, she did ruin it for a minute. And now she's laying down with her head tucked behind Lindsay's ankle. It's very cute. It's very hot and cold with dogs. Yeah, she knows she's in trouble. Well, I know I'm in trouble. (laughs) Okay, well, I think... (laughs) I started last week, so let's hear your personal experience this week. Okay, so I have a few personal experiences, which we might, you know, pepper throughout the next, I don't know, however many episodes. I figured for my first personal story on the show, I would talk about my biggest and bestest, my big fat Greek wedding ghost adventure, (laughs) ghost sighting, that happened to me while I was an undergrad. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, I went to school at Ohio University in Athens, Ohio, and the most important thing about Athens related to ghosts is that Athens is home of the Ridges, this gigantic compound that was a hospital and an insane asylum from the mid-1800s to the very, very, very recent 1900s. So the Ridges have now or have since been absorbed by OU And there's an art museum there, and they use the buildings, a lot of the buildings there for storage. Uh, My buddy Dana and I, in undergrad, you kind of make a bunch of trips to the Ridges when you're going to OU. Or like, even if you're there for a visit, you kind of just make a trip to the Ridges because it has this reputation of being extremely haunted. And it's just a really cool building, too. Oh, and it's beautiful. Yeah, there's there's one gigantic large building, then a few smaller annex buildings around the property, and it overlooks... Almost the entire town of Athens, and there's some really pretty views when you go back farther up and up and up the big hill that it's on. But almost every week in an undergrad, me and at least a few of my buddies would go up there, you know, in hopes to, like, punch a ghost or see a ghost or something. Well, yeah, everybody always wants to, you know, straight out punch a ghost. Yeah, we wanted to straight up punch a ghost. <laughs> so, but this one time, like, they since since they use some of the buildings for storage now, it's much less creepy. My, my buddy Dana and I were walking around, and we looked inside this one window hoping to see, like, something creepy. But there were just literally, like, hundreds and hundreds of bicycles. And that I guess, people stole? <laughs> well, I think it's that, like, maybe the university stole. Oh. Like, if you locked your bike up on a bike rack that I guess you weren't supposed to, which seems pretty trivial. 
So it's like, is it haunted or is it just a scandal? It could have been scandalous. They... Police scandal. Well, I got my bike taken from me because I locked it at a bike rack that apparently was, you were only allowed to lock your bike at this place if you were living in the apartment complex. My bike got taken from me. Oh, and I believe it's probably, it was... Probably, it's in the ridges. Probably up in the ridges now. Now, ghosts are popping wheelies and riding around them. <laughs> riding around on my old mongoose. Say, maybe the ghosts stole all those bicycles. Well, they did, and that's next week's episode. Okay. <laughs> but either way, the, the ridges have now been absorbed by OU. Now, the original name for the ridges was called the Athens Lunatic Asylum, which is a much more foreboding and creepy name than the ridges, right? Right. So, but the, also sadder. But also much, much more sad and a little insensitive. Yeah, very insensitive. <laughs> so the the ridges ran from 1874 all the way up to 1993, which is fairly recent. Which is fairly recent. Five years before the first Matrix came out. I mean, if we can put it into perspective, like that's pretty recent. Can I honestly say I've never seen the Matrix all the way through? Yeah, any can, of them. You can say whatever you How want. How many are there? Fifty three. Aren't there, like, seriously, like, two or three? I think there's three. There might be four, but I believe there's only three. I was never into The Matrix. But anyway. I saw it on my birthday in 1998. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. uh, (laughs) My mom and dad took me and a few of my buddies just to see The Matrix in 1998 on my birthday, and it was awesome. Very cool. I was 12 years old. And that's your story. And that's all my, that's my story. (laughs) But I think just 1993, it was running until then, which is insane. That's so recent. Right. That's what? 2003, 2013. Oh my gosh, I'm having such a hard time. 25 years, right? Sure. Yeah, sure. About 25 years that the ridges were still in perfect, well, quote unquote, perfect working order. The ridges provided care to Civil War veterans and then children and violent criminals, not just criminals, but violent criminals. Right. So some of the creepy things that have happened up at the ridges to me and a few friends, some some personal things. My buddy Dana and I, the the person who we saw the bikes, we were standing by this door one time and we heard walking, getting closer to the door, and we could see down the hallway there's no one there, and the glass inside of the door was rattling a little bit. There's a perfect circle of graves up there, which is really creepy. But they have taken the graves down. They they yes, they they have since disassembled that perfect circle of graves. Right. And I think just aligned them into rows now. But many of the graves at the ridges up until 18-something or other, or maybe even the... No, it was like 1940-something. Most of the graves just had your sort of, uh, what, your patient number. number. Yeah, yeah, which is super sad. Well, I think the circle was a mass... It it, I don't know if it's true or not, but it's supposed to be a mass grave. It was, yeah. Allegedly, there is this perfect circle of graves next to the creepiest building at the Ridges, which has since been torn down, which is also sad. Yeah. Also, how much energy do they just unlock? And now all the ghosts are like, vacation! And all the ghosts are just... They took all those bikes. And the ghosts, yeah. So if you see a bike riding around Athens, Ohio by itself, it's probably a ghost. Yeah, it's it's a Ridge ghost. It's a Ridge ghost for sure. Which is the name of my favorite truck. Jenny from the block, but it's like Ghost from the Ridge. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Thank you. Is it? (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yes. Yes. It's very... Yes, it's very cool. So there's this uh, small cemetery... That was next to where all of the patients that had tuberculosis and also children were kept farther back up a hill 
in a more secluded part when the building was standing uh, and we had, I'm not going to say we, we didn't break into it in undergrad, but we managed to find our way inside of it. You accidentally fell inside. We were walking next to it. Yeah. And maybe one time we had brought like a little screwdriver to take the screws out of like a wood paneling <laughs> that was up where it was like, oops, we fell in all of oops. a sudden. We tried to get into a Dairy Queen and we ended up here. I just wanted to get a I just wanted to get a Doreo Blizzard, which is Oreos and cookie dough. Very and a good. Blizzard. Dairy Queen hack. But yeah, all of a sudden I'm in the tuberculosis ward. But I just found out I think this is a creepier name. On paper, that building was also called Cottage B, which is even creepier. Which it's... it doesn't look like a cottage at all. Or no. it didn't. No. It looks like a brick brick building with like colorful children's paintings on the wall yeah it was very scary it was we, weird we were in there a few times but either way i could i could talk about the ridges for a very long time and i'm trying very hard to not do it <laughs> but in the little cemetery that was next door to it next to cottage b there was this circle of graves maybe about like i don't know 12 foot across from edge to edge i guess is that diameter yeah. no uh, diameter it's the circle but apparently or allegedly that's where they had tossed, uh, literally, a bunch of victims from failed lobotomies in the tuberculosis ward. Because I guess on the second floor was where they were performing experimental lobotomy procedures. Right, because that they, was like a thing. Yeah, that's that's what Cottage B was known for, where they, they would go in through your nose and then also in through your eyeball. But I guess the doctor who was trying to make this technique of lobotomies popular or i don't know like finally do it right one time and then he could get published or something messed up a lot the margin for error was huge so a lot of the patients who he did this thing on were just tossed in a grave and then just they just put a bunch of headstones around in a circle which is so sad it's sad but i think that's why the grave went away because people thought it was really disrespectful yeah to the people that were buried there which they're right and it, yeah, I mean, it's just disrespectful to, like, do lobotomies anyways. Well, and just to use people who are admitted, uh, who have tuberculosis, which back then was was thought to be you had some mental disorder. Right. And they would put you in your special ward. And then just because you had tuberculosis, they would perform a lobotomy on you and then toss you in a big pit. Yeah, it's nutty. It's pretty nutty. Okay, so my personal story, the well, one of my personal stories specifically from the Ridges right. is... It still weirds me out a little bit. And I still feel like I'm not, it just sounds made up, but I promise, but I promise it's not. Hey, it's your personal thing. It's my personal thing and no one can take that away from me. I'm not here to judge and I don't think our listeners are either. And if you are, then fine. Then that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Then we accept your judgment. Okay. So in the main part of the ridges, it's, it's a gigantic building and it's, I think three floors or three stories high and it's this monstrosity of a brick, of a brick building, which now houses the Kennedy Art Museum. In the center of the building used to be this narrow hallway outside that led you to a little courtyard. There was grass. There used to be a basketball hoop in the in in the in the back of the courtyard. And I believe, if hearsay is true and what I read is true, this is where some of the patients would go to hang out, get some fresh air, I guess shoot some hoops. Yeah. Because why not? Practice their dunks. Unless the ghost put that basketball hoop up. Because they were like, I just rode my bike around, going to shoot a few hoops. Why cut the workout short, just ride my bike? I might as well try to work on my free throws. Right. Or my layups. Or my oopers. That's what I call alley oops. 
Okay. So we were in this, well, I say we, it was it was actually the, the largest group of people I've ever gone to the ridges with. And we were walking around. We we did the whole lap. Like there was this, this like pre-designed route that we would always take whenever we went up, at least me and a few people. We'd always take the same route. You walk up the main entrance of the ridges, stay to the left, and walk all the way past the cemetery and then do a small walkthrough of the tuberculosis ward or cottage B. And we'd look around, see if we can see any of the windows, see if there happened to be a newly made way into the building, which after a certain point there wasn't. They had like put fence up around it and then it was even harder to get into, so we just stopped doing it. And then we'd wander down to the opposite side of the of the main building of the ridges and then try to get in the courtyard. And for a long time, the courtyard was just perfectly open or completely and totally open to anyone who wanted to go in. But I think over time, you know, people vandalize it and like trash the place because that always happens. Right. So needless to say, they ended up shutting it down. I believe it's still closed today. I think only with like gigantic pieces of like particle board, but it's still closed. If you wanted to get in, you could get in. There had to have been like 10 or 12 of us or something. And we walk into the courtyard and we're wandering around, we're looking in windows, which some of the windows uh, were looking directly into the basement, and we're spying around and stuff. And then on one of the walls of the courtyard, there was a small cast iron, I believe, or steel, I don't know, metal staircase that led to this one door. And that door, when when I'd mentioned before that Dana and I were looking in the door and we heard the walking coming up to the door, right. and the glass was rattling, it's just old um, like hand stretch glass in between like two wood paneling. So it's really loose and it would wobble around easily. We were there and that's where we heard the walking getting closer to the door and the glass would rattle. So every single time we're at the ridges, if we could get into the courtyard, we'd make it a point to go back to this door because it was one of our first times up and we heard the walking and the rattling and stuff. So everyone else was waiting in the middle of the courtyard and I said, I'm going to go look in the door really quick just to see or like look through the window, right? So I walk up the stairs and everyone's standing in the courtyard behind me and the, the staircase is maybe like eight to nine stairs. It wasn't too steep, but it was high enough up, maybe like eight to nine foot up. And I'm looking in the window. I don't, so I don't see anything. I don't hear anything. I'm like tapping on the door, like knocking on the door to see if I can elicit some sort of a response. I'm knocking and I'm looking and then I pull away a little bit from the, the glass pane that I'm looking in and I may be a few inches away. And if this makes sense, I'm looking at the glass, but I'm focusing through the glass to look inside the building. But I'm standing at an angle to where if I were to focus on the actual glass, if my depth of field were to like come closer to my face, I could focus on the reflection of my friends in the courtyard. So they're in the courtyard staring at my back and I'm staring at the glass so I'm able to see the reflection in the glass standing behind me. One of my buddies uh, who was with us, his name is Brian, is very tall and has red curly or like red curlyish hair. So I, I change my focus and I'm looking at their reflection in the glass and I see who I thought was Brian, this very tall person with sort of like a, what's the haircut called when you have like a little bit of hair on the top, but your sides are really short, like a high and tight? Like a high and tight, a fade. A fade, sure, but not as fashionable. It wasn't like Macklemore haircut. So but... it wasn't like, what was this song? <laughs> <laughs> Thrift shop? It wasn't like Downtown? your grandpa's style. It was just uh, regular. Yeah, it was regular. It was regular non-downtown style. Yeah. Uh, if there's a Macklemore song. It was it just... uptown funk. 
Oh. Yeah. It was Uptown. Yeah, it was Uptown. So it was more Bruno Mars. I guess, honestly, yeah, actually. Yeah, it was like a little (laughs) bit like a Bruno Mars haircut. I think I've seen one of those iterations or one of those haircuts on our on our buddy Bruno. But I see when when I'm looking at the reflection of my friends behind me and I'm looking at the glass again, I'm not looking directly at them. I'm looking at the reflection. I see a tall person uh, who I thought was Brian with a high and tight Bruno Mars style haircut walk really quickly behind my group of friends. So they're all kind of standing in a cluster and this person is staring up at me looking in the window from from what I remember and from the right side of my of my my friend group all the way to the other side walks very quickly behind him looking at you looking in the glass yeah like looking up at me whether they're staring at my back or just looking in my general direction i could have sworn that they were like looking directly at me but that could be like my brain like made that part up down the road because i was so freaked out but i'm almost positive well i'm i'm positive that i saw someone walk behind them but I'm almost positive they were like looking like, you know, like we we had made eyes. Right. But I doubt that we had made eyes. So, because it might have been a ghost. Because it might have been a ghost. So I turn around really quick because I thought Brian was about to walk up the stairs to come join me. Again, my big tall buddy Brian. And I look back and Brian is like at the other end of the group where this person had started walking from. And the the time span in which this had happened was maybe, I don't know, three seconds not enough time for Brian to start at one end of the group, really quick walk super fast to the other side of the group, and then walk back to the other side of the group where he just was. Right. Because I saw the person walk, I turn and look instantaneously, and then Brian's still back where Brian was. So I sort of freak out, and I leave the courtyard, and I'm like pacing around because I was really scared, because I saw somebody who I guess was like Brian's height, which Brian's maybe like, I don't know, 6'3 or 6'4. So a very tall figure. Or they were floating. I don't know. Mm. But maybe just a very tall ghost walks super quick. So either a really tall ghost or a short ghost that was floating. <laughs> a short ghost. Yeah, maybe like a Vern Troyer-sized uh, ghost who was just floating very high and just zipped right behind my group of friends staring up at me staring back at them and i sort of freaked out a little bit and i left well it's scary it was super scary and also real like i i i i I can't stress this enough i promise i like i know what i saw right and it freaked me out but every time we went up there ever since then we weren't able to get into the courtyard because now they have since closed it off just like they tore down cottage b just like they rearranged the perfect circle of graves and stuff so yeah. it seems like all these stories that I mean you you saw the 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 perfect circle of graves when you would come down a little bit. Yeah. I mean everything was fairly intact when you were going there. So mm-hmm. it was, you know, nothing was too remodeled. They had like the main building remodeled, but I mean even if you go there up today, like it's still it's still a cool place to go see. Oh, I agree. And it's a great place to wander around and go hiking. There's a lot of trails back there. There's some really old cool architecture like all the 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 steel work and cast iron work on the windows and stuff and who knows you might see a very tall ghost or a short floaty ghost yeah seriously now there there were a bunch of other little instances that happened up there that were way more minor in comparison to this one but like we would hear um knocking on the top floor of the tuberculosis ward we saw an old electroshock therapy generator in the building just intact there we saw some like bloody cloths and stuff, the walking on the window. 
Of course, there's the body stain. Yeah. I mean, if you look up the history of the ridges, there's a lot of pretty bizarre things that just happened there in general and people's experiences, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I'm. if we have anybody listening from Athens, Ohio, or who went to OU, or who know about the Ridges, I'm sure you guys have many, many, many other stories from that place. Because it seems like if you went up there once, you at least maybe heard something. Maybe. Yeah. And if you do, let us know. Send us an email at SpookySpousesCast at gmail.com, or reach out to us on Twitter, or post one of your creepy ghost photos from the Ridges on your gram Yeah, let us know if you have any experiences at the Ridges. It's a cool place. Go visit it. Yes, and if you haven't gone, take a little little weekend trip to Athens, Ohio. There's some good breweries there, a lot of good food. And maybe some ghosts. And maybe, I will say probably, maybe a lot of ghosts. It's an old campus too, so I feel like they might just be hanging around. Yeah, 1804. Which is very old. That's before the internet. Beautiful campus, though. What would people do to, like, pass time when they're, like, you know, waiting for someone somewhere? Steal bikes. Put them in the ridges. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. That answers (laughs) my question. (laughs) Well, I think it's time for some haunted housekeeping. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about some of our sponsors this week. I'm ready. Are you? I'm ready. Okay. (laughs) We'll be there in three, two, one. Our first sponsor this week is our Mushroom Buddies at Four Sigmatic. Most of you have seen their ads on social media because that's what all the teens are doing these days and all the millennials with their ding-dang cell phones. But Four Sigmatic is a mushroom drinking company. And if you don't really love mushrooms that much like I do, it's a great way to get all the vitamins and nutrients of having mushrooms in something that you do enjoy like coffee. Yeah, and I mean, they're sneaking in all these silly mushrooms like reishi, chaga, cordyceps, and lion's mane, and other superfoods and adaptogens like rhodiola and other words that are really hard. So four reasons to drink Four Sigmatic coffee. Their coffee contains 100% organically grown Arabica beans. Each serving contains 500 milligrams of organically grown mushrooms. There's three different brewing methods for all walks of life. Instant coffee, there's grounds, and then there's mushroom pods for your little Keurig machine or your knockoff Keurig machine. Or if that's what you call your group of friends. Your mushroom pods. Your mushroom pods. (laughs) They're made up of some very fun guys. (laughs) Oh. Also, the chaga coffee blend in particular is alkaline forming, which helps improve your energy and your metabolism. Lindy and I just ordered some Four Sigmatic over the weekend. It's still the weekend. Yesterday. And we're very excited to get it. We got some matcha blend. We got some lion's mane coffee for our brains to form some new neurons. And then we got, I think, some hot cocoa as well. They also just came out with this. This isn't included in our ad read, but they just came out with lemonade as well for the summer. But what's cool is that it's black. It has lemons, I think reishi, and then activated charcoal. So you can drink black lemonade and be mm, super goth. drink. While you listen to The Cure or Joy Division, you yeah. can drink your black lemonade, which is super cool. Now, if you want to go to Four Sigmatic, and save 10% on your entire order, you can use our promo code SCAVTRUFFLE. That's S-C-A-V-TRUFFLE. And you can save 10% on your entire order. 
you can start drinking mushrooms and sounding super smart and impressing all of your friends and your family or strangers. And you can tell them you're just drinking mushrooms all day long. Yeah, and what a great way to try it by saving 10%. I agree. I used our own promo code and I'm excited about them. I am too. Once again, use our code at checkout, SCAVTRUFFLE, and save 10% on your first order of sippable mushrooms. So our next sponsor is KitchenAid. KitchenAid offers a bunch of different appliances from grills to mixers. And if you're a baking fanatic like me, those mixers are awesome. They are, they're very impressive, they're very cool, they're very colorful, and they're very in, you know? Like and you know in. what else they offer is coffee makers, and you can use that for your Four Sigmatic. Oh, cool, yep, synergy, <laughs> babe. that's synergy for sure. So I love KitchenAid appliances if you do as well. We also have a really great deal on that. You can get 40% off. That's a lot off. It is a lot off. Of any countertop appliances if you go to bit.ly scav kitchen. Yes, you can save 40% on select countertop appliances. And I mean, most everyone has counters in their home, right? And most appliances sit on your counter. And you need to put things on your counters. And put things in your countertop appliances. Maybe you just have a bunch of loose butter in your house, put it in your mixer and whip it up and then just- And make whipped butter. <laughs> make more spreadable <laughs> butter. Cause ain't nothing worse than putting cold butter on your on your non-toasted toast. But the whipped butter, hello, it just spreads on there. Even if you don't know how to bake, you can make whipped cream and whipped cream homemade is amazing. Yes, I agree. You can impress all your friends by putting whipped cream on your mushroom coffee for some reason. Ooh, your mushroom hot cocoa. Yeah, or you can put whipped cream in your mushroom lemonade. Perfect. I mean, why not? You <laughs> might get the cops called on you, but you can do it. But you can still do it because you got 40% off that countertop appliance. So once again, to save 40% on countertop appliances from KitchenAid, go to bit.ly slash scavkitchen. So my story, I'll give you a little bit of a background, but it doesn't have all that like fun historical background. I think that's fine. But my personal story is kind of about the presence of after my dad's passing. My dad passed in 92, 1992, not 1892. Or 2092. <laughs> or 2092. Unless your dad has been reborn as like a robot or something cool and like indestructible. Well, he might have. Yeah. So yeah, so I was little and of course my whole family, which I think is really kind of neat, is I feel like a lot of people in my family, and you've heard them too, everybody's had kind of personal past, like ghost-ish experiences. With your dad. With my dad. Yep. Um, so in life, as much as I know about my dad and what I've heard, he was really outgoing. He was very social. He was kind of a jokester. Um, and all this stuff. So well, he almost got he he got asked. I'll I'll brag on Lindsay's dad because <laughs> I think that Lindsay's dad and I would get along extremely well. Because what was the one thing like he got offered to get to get flown to London to like train at some chef school or something to be a chef. Yeah, that's so cool. But he just wanted to work as a line cook, and you know he met my mom, and she was a hostess, and cute little story led from there. I'd so, say your mom was the hostess with the mostest. Yeah, she was. She still is the hostess with the mostest. <laughs> Our yep. There's like your like her house is always like impossibly clean when we 
get there. And you can't leave any socks or anything around or she will wash them. Like she will take anything you leave anywhere and she will wash them. I set my glasses down one time, like the glasses, my, my Warby Parker's, and she put them through the wash. And I was like, Patty, <laughs> thank you so much. Now they're so clean and nice. They're so fresh and so clean, clean. So anyways, one of my personal stories that I had after my dad's passing, and there's many. If you want to email me, I will gladly email you back anymore. If you want to hear any little past dad, kind of ghost dad, but that... Without the without the actor. Without Bill Cosby. Zero Bill. (laughs) Well, let's... Let's put into canon now the actor who actually played Ghost Dad on the movie Ghost Dad. What's an actor you like who's uh, not a not a terrible human being? That would play a Ghost Dad? Maybe like Tim Curry would be a cool Ghost Dad or like <laughs> I don't know. I think that's pretty good. Now I'd maybe just judging, and this is probably me, no, this is me for sure being a little bit judgmental and skeptical. I'll just say I hope Tim Curry's good. I hope he's good. Or like Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton would be a really Michael good ghost Michael Keaton dad. would be a ghost dad, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. So anyways, I'll kind of jump into it. I named this story Dancing in the Dark because <laughs> my dad was a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. And I mean, you've even like experienced it first like hand that whenever the family is all together or something kind of sad happens or something happy happens, even if we aren't together, we all kind of hear Bruce either on the radio or whether we're in a store yeah. or a restaurant. And it's just kind of weird because I understand Bruce Springsteen's pretty popular, but you don't hear a lot of Bruce on the radio, per se. And I will say, this is if this isn't in any way paranormal or something, it's almost too coincidental. Something right. like almost every time when we're driving back to Madison, where we grew up, because, I don't know, there's only like three radio stations, we'll, we'll, we'll put on one or two, and Bruce comes on the radio almost all the time. Right. When we've so, been driving around talking about your dad, Bruce will come on the radio. It's very it's very coincidental. It's very odd. But it's, but it's great, I think. But it's kind of cool. So we all kind of know like when that happens, whether, you know, it's a total coincidence or it's something beyond. Like it kind of warms our heart a little bit just yeah. thinking like, oh, okay, that's really neat. So this story, Dancing <laughs> in the Dark, is um, soon after... My dad passed. Now, he worked in construction, and we had all wood flooring. So Mm -hmm. he would wear steel-toed boots, and when he would come home from, like, days of work on a job somewhere, you would always hear his steel-toed boots walk across the floor. It had a very distinct sound. So you would get really excited because you were like, oh, dad's home. Like, this is exciting. So shortly after my dad had passed, we all went to bed, and... Our rooms are kind of lined up in my mom's house that you can see each of the bedrooms from a certain hallway. So if you were to look out a door, you could see everybody else's door in that hallway. So I went to bed and I was pretty little. I think I was I was six when he passed and I think he was, I think it was like I was seven or eight years old. So I went to bed and I was awakened by the sound of the steel-toed boots walking on the floor. Now, being little was kind of like, you're really curious? It was kind of scary, but at the same time, I was really curious. And I think being that age, you don't really kind of accept what's going on yet. You don't really understand. 
So being curious and because if it would have happened when I was older, there's no way I would have looked out that door. Like No way. No. <laughs> I would have just went back to bed and forgot. Maybe turned the TV on. Maybe watched a little Moaning of Life with Carl Pilkington. <laughs> you, you would have thought... I think you would have accepted your fate because you would have thought now someone has broken in. Right. I'm just going to lock the door. Because I even asked, one time I asked Lindsay when she was, I think, just waking up from a nap. Like, what would you do if someone broke in and you were napping? And she said, I just let him, I just tell him to work around me. So I <laughs> I, think, I nap hard. Yeah, you nap I really nap hard. So I was awakened by the sound of what sounded like these steel-toed boots walking on our floor. So I opened the door and when I peeked my head out, it was the creepiest thing. My mom's head was peeking out of her bedroom door and my brother's head was peeking out of his bedroom door. So we all kind of looked at each other. Of course, we all got up and like I think went in the living room and all watched TV and no one really said anything about it. But the fact that we all heard, when we knew that we all heard those same footprints was just crazy. And just, it never happened again. I never heard anything again. The floors are still all, I mean, there's wood and then tile. I mean, it just, it was a weird thing that I think like he was just letting us know like, hey, I'm still here. I'm still around. And I think that's so great because like a lot of people, if you have what you think is some sort of a paranormal experience and say you're somewhere else, say you're at the ridges and you hear something, I think a lot of people, especially if you're a skeptic, immediately dismiss it. It can't be this because it's probably this, right? Oh, it might be a raccoon. But if it's a loved one or like someone that you're a little bit associated with and you have an experience that's related to them directly, I think you're a little bit more hesitant to just totally dismiss it. Right. Because it just seems so much more real. Right. And it, I I don't know, it's almost like this, like this form of self, like validation, I guess, because you knew the person. Right. And you know, and you begin to, whether you realize it or not, you begin to like just hear the quirks and the sounds that someone makes them when you live with them. That if they're not there anymore, when you hear that sound, it's odd because they're not there anymore. Yeah. But it's so cool because like... No matter how much time passes, it's still like this instantly familiar sound. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a distinct sound. but And then, you know, we've had tons of, you know, experiences, but just one to be a little funny, just to get out of the serious spooky realm for a minute is I want to call this story the Holy Depot instead of the Home Depot. (laughs) If we're being real for a minute, which well, we, we always are, I'm not trying to get mushy, but one of my favorite things about our show <laughs> that we have is you title each of your segments. And I, I think, have to. And I just think it's really nice. <laughs> well, thank you. You're welcome. Okay, time in. We're Anyways. not, no more, we're <laughs> serious now. Okay, so a funny story that was an incident that happened that I felt like it was either a really silly coincidence or it was just I don't know. Like I said, my dad was a prankster. He was a jokester. I mean, I who knows? But that's for the beyond to decide. Sure, sure. But this happened between me and my mom. We were shopping at Home Depot. And this was still pretty shortly after my dad had passed. And we were there looking at ceiling fans. And my mom was stressed out. And she kind of just like was looking around. She didn't understand what she was supposed to get. And I remember her putting her hands on her hip and sighing really loud and saying, if your father was here, I would know what to get. 
And as soon as she finished that sentence, a guy that worked there, an employee that worked at the Home Depot. Oh, I thought it was the Holy Depot. Well, this is why it's the Holy (laughs) Depot. A guy that worked there had a store phone in his hand and he walked straight up to my mom and said, ma'am, your husband's on the phone. And we both kind of looked at each other like that was the weirdest coincidence ever. And apparently he had the wrong lady, obviously. There was some other lady that had called in or something like that. And it was just one of those things that we didn't talk about. And then as soon as we got in the car, we just busted up because it was like just perfect timing. Oh, yeah. That it was creepy but funny at the same time. And that's the Holy Depot. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will say, like, your your mom's house, it's not that old, right? So No, I think 70s. Yeah, so there's, there's not a lot of history that's just been, like, festering and all the stuff in that house. No. So I remember once it was, I'm... I'm not I'm I'm convinced a thousand percent that it was your dad because you I think you or your mom were, were telling me that you would typically because there there are other stories but that you would typically hear stuff in that back hallway. Yes. So where Linz and I will stay now we go there is Linz's old room and I was standing outside of Linz's old room. This was what like a year ago or something. Yeah. And I heard someone plain as day in like the next room over say hello. And I like heard a person and I answered it because I thought it was your mom's boyfriend stopping in. Right. And I, and I said like, hey, what's up? So it was a up? guy's voice. It was you... a man. Yeah, it was, it was 100% a man's voice. And I responded. I said, hey, what's up? Or, hey, when did you get here? Because I didn't hear the door open up yeah. to come inside. And it was so bizarre. And like one of my favorite parts about hearing, I guess, spirits or whatever, is not only do you hear the sound, but you hear the sound reverberating in that space. Right. Like you would be able to tell on a recording if I was talking in our living room or if I was talking in like our kitchen, right? It just sounds a certain way based on the way the room is made and what's inside the room. And like hearing that voice and hearing it come from that little like office area that your mom has now. Yeah. Was so bizarre. And like I answered it because I thought it was someone there, but no one was there. It was just you, me, and your mom. And it's just a weird thing because it's like, you know, they always say like, you know, is it too soon to hear anything? Like, does it have to be a certain amount of time before someone passed before you start, you know, smelling their scent or hearing their voice or anything? But I mean, with my dad, I think a lot of people immediately were hearing and seeing stuff. So it was just very odd. It was very... It's very strange. Yeah. And a confirmation on it is when I was in sixth grade, my oldest brother, Chris, had passed. And it was not even 24 hours after his passing that we heard a bunch of stuff in our house. And right. it was for like the like the next few days following. Like it was almost instantaneous. You start hearing all this stuff. Yeah. It's, it's wacky. And like I've looked stuff up before and like they say it's very normal and they, you know, it's. It's either a mental thing or you're actually feeling these things. But, like, people can even taste foods that people loved. Oh, that's bizarre. You know, like, there was a story about somebody had lost their father and, you know, it was 20 years after his passing. And his her father would grow chives okay. and always make a lot of food with chives. So, uh-huh. like, growing up, that was a flavor that she was very familiar with. And she said, you know, she didn't really think about it. But one time, like, as she was older, she just got a really 
heavy taste of chives, which is a really strong taste. Yeah. In her mouth, and she had not eaten anything with onions or chives or anything for days. And she's like, it was just very odd because it made me feel like it reminded me of my dad. And it was very weird that I tasted such a strong flavor that, you know, I hadn't eaten. You know, another weird thing about chives is whenever I hear the word chives, whenever I see chives, eat them, whatever... As I always think of the movie Surf Ninjas, and (laughs) Rob Schneider had a small part in Surf Ninjas where he was chopping up chives, I believe, to put on an omelet. And that's it. That's it. I don't even think I've ever seen Surf Ninjas. I don't know what that is. Kwan Su, dudes. I believe that was, uh, I believe that was Surf Ninjas. (laughs) Yeah, Surf Ninjas. Rob Schneider's in it. Uh, okay. There was know. a lot there was a lot of movies in the early 90s about ninjas. There was Three Ninjas, there was Surf Ninjas. Beverly Hills Ninja. Yeah. Uh Ninja Rest in Peace Chris Farley. Yeah, forever all the time. Uh Ninja Turtles. Even though I think that was what like the 80s it started, but then like there was all the movies in the 90s. Yeah. A lot of ninja stuff. Ninjas. Well, Karate Kid was like kind of ninja. Karate Kid. What else? It's the uh, ninjas. Mortal Kombat. Street Fighter, which, hey, the original movie for Street Fighter, a lot of the people from this particular dojo in Madison, Ohio, are in the movie Street Fighter. Great. This cop, Ian, this cop in Madison, Ohio, is in Street Fighter. There's a lot of people that we know know who are in the movie (laughs) Street Fighter. So if you want any autographs... For your Street Fighter fighter uh, VHS tape, just yeah. give it to us and we'll send it to Madison and get everybody signing it Yeah, we'll, we'll take care of you guys. <laughs> I know there's the whole like six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but then there's the like six degrees of the one random extra in the movie Street Fighter, uh, <laughs> which, hey, we know him. So <laughs> let us know. Anyways. <laughs> So one more time, just to reiterate, because we're super excited about it and we're trying to get as many people on board as we can, we are doing a live walkthrough on Instagram Saturday, June 2nd. The time is a little bit TBD. It's an abbreviation I just came up with. Anytime between 10 a.m. and I believe 2 p.m. So stay tuned to our Twitter, at Spooky underscore Spouses. The live streaming will be happening on our Instagram, which is under the same name. But again, Saturday, June 2nd, we'll be doing a live walkthrough of the Madison Seminary. Please join us. Set some time aside. Tell your friends. Call in sick to work. Whatever. And if you're around that area, the Madison Seminary actually does ghost tours. So if you're interested, it's a really cool building. Maybe our live feed will kind of spark a little interest for you to take a little road trip. Yeah, and we'll be talking a little bit more about the seminary next week while we're there. But yeah, come to Madison. Do hang walk. Out. Come hang out. If we're there, you can let us know. And you can get in touch with us at our email, spookyspousescast at gmail.com, or find us online at other social media avenues. At spooky underscore spouses. We would like to thank Eli Rexford Chambers, the 15th, for our theme song in the beginning, middle, and end of the podcast. And also, we'd like to shout out a little thank you to whoever sent us a really cool gift called Weird Science. Um, We are in the middle of reading it, and it's awesome. There's many Bigfoot stories, and we don't know who it's from. So if it's from you, please let us know. Or if you don't want us to know... Well played. Very spooky. (laughs) (laughs) It is very spooky. Yeah, we we got this book in the mail the other day, and I was like, I don't know who ordered a book. Neither of us can read. (laughs) And we got this book, and yeah, there's a ton about Bigfoot in here. There's a ton about the uh, 
Nazi underwater gladiators from outer space. A lot of great stuff. Oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. So thank you so much for the book, friend. Yeah, and we'll give a shout out to the Scavengers Network. What a wonderful family everybody's (laughs) been. And it's great to be part of such a great community of people. I agree. Well, until next week, when we're recording in a super haunted building, I have a, have a monster. Tainted Tuesday. Is tainted scary? Well, things can be tainted, which means they're... Tantalizing. No, that's like a nice one. Like Zappy. Zappy is... Zoopy. Zoopy's nothing. Keep it going. Uh, I don't know. Zand... We, we can just do the Zs. Zozo. There's Zozo, which is Ooh, the, the Zozo. demon. The Ouija demon. Zeman. Demon. <laughs> a Zozo Memorial Day. Oh, sure. Have a have a Bigfoot time. And don't forget to uh, honor your veterans this Monday. Yes, please do. Have a great holiday off. We hope it means something nice to each and every one of you. And thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello, I am Colin Parker. And I'm Alex Taylor. And we are the hosts of Journey Under 30. This is a podcast all about us doing what we can to be named in a future Forbes 30 Under 30. On each episode, we take a look at a career of an individual that has been recognized by Forbes. Sometimes we look at careers that we think were overlooked. Or sometimes we talk about the careers that you may not know about, but you should. And in the end, we discuss what we've learned as well as how we can apply to our own career paths as we make our mark in this world. So join us every other Tuesday on whatever podcatching app you choose, and we'll see you on the Forbes. See ya. Bye-bye now.